This is Nancy. And this is Dana. And you're listening to the NY Foodie Family Podcast. Welcome to another episode of NY Foodie Family Podcast. We're starting off episode three, talking about Playland. Dana, why don't you tell us a little bit about Playland Park? Well, uh, Playland's probably pretty well known to Westchester residents. The uh, county of Westchester owns the place, so folks around here uh, are pretty well familiar with it, but even Long Island uh, may have never heard of really historic uh park has been open since 1928 if you can believe that i can because some of those rides look and feel like they are from 1928 those are the best ones they uh, probably have the least amount of safety equipment and uh, you know life uh, was a little bit different back then yeah so actually on one of my posts on the westchester bucket list one of my things that i wrote on the list that Westchester County residents should do sometime while living here is ride on the dragon coaster. And the dragon, if you pay attention to any Playland coupons or advertising on the side of uh, local buses, it's all about the dragon coaster. Uh, Whether it's a picture of the coaster or a picture of the dragon, a cartoon representation of it, uh, that really kind of is the icon of the park wouldn't you say yes i think that's what they're most known for is that dragon coaster um it was actually even featured on uh, mariah carey's was it fantasy i think so video that was a while back yes so yes the great part is it's it's been open almost as long as the park i think it was opened in 29 uh, and it's not nearly as super fast as uh, upside down speedy coasters but uh sometimes old does not equal bad no and we've ridden it um our last trip to playland was a couple years ago Uh, i think we went on father's day right wasn't that something you had wanted to do we had a we had a fun day out they had some sort of dad's get in free deal which is always nice and uh we, we made a full day of it i think it was a perfect day in the park yes and it's a great park in that there are rides for all ages. One of the newest rides that just opened, and this is the first new ride since 2008, is called the Dragonator. And it was ended up being named by a Westchester County resident. Um, submissions were open for people to, you know, um, submit a name for the new ride. And then the nominees were given to a camp and the kids got to vote on which one they liked the best. And the winning submission was the Dragonator. I think they picked a good yeah. one. Yeah, so it actually debuted July 30th and our kids were at Playland Park with their camp and our daughter actually w- was there for the ribbon cutting and was one of the first group of riders to ride on the Dragonator. Yeah, I didn't know why she was waiting 45 minutes, but they were doing a whole ceremony and uh, she was one of the first to get on board, which is actually really, uh, really awesome. So she's 
uh, part of a long strand of uh, history with uh, with that park. Which yeah, fun. unfortunately, she wasn't the biggest fan of the ride. Um, for those who don't know, it's basically a round um, circle seating of about 25 where the riders face out. And it's a track of like going up and down. And as it goes up and down, it actually also spins. Um, and she said it was all right, but she actually preferred other rides there better. So, Oh, was she too old, too young, or just not her style? I don't know. I mean, it, it actually probably is targeted towards her age, um, more of a thrill ride, but she just wasn't, wasn't her thing. And that's 13, by the way, if we haven't mentioned it recently. She's yeah, 13. She, she was enjoying Super Flight and the Sky Flyer, she said, were some of her faves. So You remember my favorite, though, of course, right? Which was probably my least favorite. Yes. <laughs> the uh, Steeplechase? The Derby Racer? Derby Racers, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Steeplechase, anyway. Um very unsafe, like I said. Yeah, so some some of the best part of going to a really old place is that some of those rides have been around forever. And if you're not hanging on tight, you get the feeling. I don't know how real it is that you're going to get thrown off the ride, but uh, it it seems and seems and feels really fast. How fast is it really? I don't know. But uh, they recommend you kind of lean into it. Otherwise, you're uh, well. You can describe it. What, what was the feeling of um, maybe? kind of losing a little bit well the the ride is supposed to simulate ride like being in a steeplechase but there is no harness there's no seat belt so you're on the horse and it felt like it was going so fast i really don't know how long how fast it was going probably wasn't going that fast it just feels like it but while you know dana and the kids were having a great time i felt like the whole time i was trying just not to fall off the darn horse um and yeah it was not fun for me like it was scary and i just felt like yeah just a quick description for those uh, who've never been near it it's it's like a carousel except the carousel is much faster and it's uh much faster and the horses go up and down like the wooden typically in a horse based carousel but it's it's more of a thrill ride than I don't know if it's going twice as fast. I don't know how fast it's going, but it feels fast. Yes, you said this is much faster than a carousel. Yes. Much faster, yes. yes. Yeah. So actually, um, county legislators uh, just recently approved spending to um, restore the carousel that was damaged in a fire in 2017. And they're actually going to make renovations to the building that the Derby Racer is housed in um, more I don't think actual renovations to the actual ride, but more of the building it's housed in, I guess. Um, well, that makes sense. So, yeah, the, the county and uh, the, the third party contractors, uh, the amusement company, are putting quite a bit of money into it. So it's going to be around for another 30 something years, is, is my understanding. Yes, and the carousel that has been closed will hopefully be ready and open for next summer for those who like to ride that. What fun. So just some quick info on um, Playland. Parking is $10 to park your car. Um, I don't have on here um, 
the price for the entry. Um, but it is on the blog, which I will link to the show notes because I actually just did a recent post about Playland. Um, and just an FYI, you can't bring food into the park with you, but just be aware that it is on the pricier side. There is a variety of food available. There's chicken, there's Nathan's, they have burgers and shakes and pizza, plus like all your amusement parks, like junk food staples, you know, ice cream, cotton candy, funnel cake. Um, but just being there last week, um, the kids were saying that even just to get a soda was $3.75 and um my daughter got a free bottle of water waiting on the line for the, the Dragonator opening. And, you know, that she said would cost her $4. And it was a hot summer day that they were there. So just to be aware when you go to p- help you plan, you know, costs and stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely check out the blog post for prices and info and all that. But we do recommend that you check out Plainland at least once, you know, being a Westchester, Duchess, Putnam County resident, you know, it's a, it's a local fun place. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they used to set the pricing for per ride, you know, buying tickets and things like that or tokens. And, and now you get to pay entry and can you do all the rides with that entry? Ticket? Yeah, I think it's, they do the bracelet system now. I think it's like one, you pay for the bracelet um, and then you can, go on the rides which is much better uh but i'm trying to remember i don't recall how much the bracelet costs um off the top of my head right now um but they do have deals you know like after a certain time at night um you know like we took advantage of that father's day when you know dad's road free so definitely always be on the lookout check out their website for deals and things yeah, sounds uh, sounds like something we should probably put back on the calendar over the next year. At least. Yeah, I just felt like the kids were going with camp, so you know, I didn't know if they'd want to go back again or try something new. Yeah, it's no, it's no Six Flags. Uh, they don't have the fastest and the newest, um, but it's no sacrifice to say, "Well, I'm going to go to a historic uh, park." It satisfies people of all ages, kids through adults, and they have a pretty good variety so it's not like you're going to get there and have absolutely nothing to do we had a really good time yes for a fun it's a good family fun day out which is what we are all about so check it out check it out next segment we're talking about local produce being in the hudson valley there are lots of farms local farms around and now that we're starting to be near mid to the end of the summer um, I feel like produce is in peak season so um, the first local produce we're gonna talk about is CSAs and if you don't know CSAs stand for community supported agriculture to participate participate in a CSA uh, you put the money up front usually um, in the very beginning of spring, um, and the local farms use that money to help them buy the seeds, do the planting, um, and all that. So you're kind of taking a gamble because you're paying a lot of money up front, um, 
but then once summer comes and you know the gardens and the farms start producing you then get to enjoy uh shares from the growing season so how do you shop around for the right csa for you do do different farms offer different styles um do you shop around for cost is there an average cost these things how does that work well we actually joined the hilltop hanover farm csa a couple years ago that's in yorktown heights and back then um the csa model was you pay up front and back then i believe it was 350 to 400 dollars um that you pay and then each week you had to choose a day. So I believe I was going on like Thursday afternoons. And when I got there, um, I got to pick, like they'd set an amount of vegetables that you could pick from. So that week they might have um, peppers and you know that you could say, you could pick a pound of peppers, but there might be mixed, you know, colored peppers, green bell peppers, jalapeno peppers. Um, they might have a variety of eggplants and squash and say, you know, you can mix and match a a pound of, um, squash or zucchini and eggplant. Um, so that's what the CSA model I'm familiar with is because we actually in that, um, Nowadays, I know most farms, including Hilltop Hanover and Fable Farm in Austin, um, have moved to like farm credit. So you're still putting the money up front in early spring and then you get credited, but you can then shop and pick what you want. So you're not given a certain selection of vegetables that you need to have that they have. You can use it throughout the whole summer. You can use it towards cheeses and eggs and other goods um so it's more just like using it as farm credit i guess mm. and I, th- I think some of these places if not most deliver now it's not you all have to be there at a certain time on a certain day Is no right? i think you still do which was you know um a big deterrent for me um being that like during the week, it's hard. I know you're working later than I am. So for me to try and get to these uh, farms during the selected days and times, it was very difficult. Um, so they still have da- uh, certain days that you can go. But now I think recently a lot of them have opened up weekend hours, which is nice. So that's something to possibly look into for next year for us. I think all in all, we did the math on the front end saying, listen, if we're going to be really diligent about produce um, at local farmers markets, if we're going to buy two or three or four things, that's going to start adding up. And we want to if we want to enjoy the freshest local produce that's not in our local supermarket, uh, it's going to cost us some to do it once a week. So you add all that up for the whole summer. And I think we probably made out better than being picky choosy. Uh, picking picking up a little bit of this, a little bit of that at the local farmers markets, any of them in the area. You know, they're pretty similar on pricing and variety, I think, uh, that we probably made out with more, you know, per pound of uh, of produce at the end. And I think our, our joke that summer was uh, they might have Swiss chard this week, if that rings <laughs> yeah. a bell. 
and we got a lot of it. It was good, but we we had to be pretty creative on on all the different kinds of shard we got because there there was a lot, if I remember correctly. Yes, and see, that's part of one of the pros of you know doing a CSA is you are support supporting your local farm, your local business, um, which is good. And we were definitely exposed to new vegetables. Like I remember one week um, bringing home mizuna, and I had to like look that up and Google it. I'm like, what is this and what do I do with it? So it was that kind of thing where I was being exposed to new vegetables and learning how to cook things. You know, we had the Mizuna, which is actually like a Japanese green. I don't even remember what I did with that. Um, We also had the baby uh, patty can, yellow squash. Remember those? Those little ones. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, it was being creative was definitely, you know, one of the things of having the csa where you were given the vegetables for that week um that's also a con at one point because yes there, we had so much swish chard we were i'm not even a huge fan of that um but yeah there was a lot of vegetables and trying to figure out what to do with them was kind of difficult sometimes i think i even tried to do a fresh pickling on on some of those later chars we we ran out of uh, patience for but you know down downside number two is that you know you like pre-planning uh you know down to every meal for the week and when you get you know five random what do i do with this items um you know if you're not gonna make it part of the main i guess that's okay if you're just gonna make side dish after side dish uh you know based on what you picked up for the week but other than that if you wanted to actually make your main and not knowing what that main component's going to be it's uh you know you have to be i guess a little adventurous to do that too yes that was a little difficult for my you know type a like organized here's my menu for the week yeah it was, it was a little hard uh just trying to figure out how to use all the vegetables and um trying to work it into the meal plan so but we'd recommend, you know, try try it for a summer. If you don't like it, then, you know, don't try it the next summer. Maybe maybe you want to get on to being a little bit more empowered with the uh, farmer's market, which is way number two, right? Right. But again, to do the, you know, we do support um, participating in the CSA. And now with that, you know, those prepaid farm cards, you really can, you know, space it out. It's not the same as when we had it. And I feel like we mm-hmm. have a you know, better experience, you know, hopefully next summer trying the CSA. All right. We'll try that more. But yes, going on, moving on to, you know, the next uh, farmer's market. um, We do support those too. So that's way number two of getting some, uh, some really great local produce. Um, You know, you see a lot of the similar types of produce, um, you know, lots of berries and lots of, root vegetables and really beautiful carrots and beets and radishes and things. And those trucks, uh, listen, I don't know how they do all their farming and they, they, they drive pretty far. Some of, some of these were within, I'd say hour, hour and a half range looking at some of where the, the farmers come in from. But, um, you know, they put out their tables and they, they, you know, they farmed some really great produce and then they basically bring it to you as long as you can get to, one of I don't know. There's got to be dozens of farmers markets in our area. Have, have you even vaguely done a I count have on these not things? Because there are so many uh, ones we have been to. 
um, include the Peekskill Farmer's Market. I've been to Cold Spring. Muscoot has a farmer's market on the farm on Sundays. And you frequent the White Plains Farmer's Market. And that one's only on Wednesday afternoon. So if you picked a day. And Saturdays. There's probably. I think they also. Oh, yeah. And quick. You're right. Quick on Saturdays. Thank you. And if you picked a day, listen, if your one day for farmer's marketing is Thursday, there's probably one within a 10 minute drive wherever the heck you live. So 10 minutes might um, be pushing it. Half hour. All right. All right. Half hour. hour. But figure, you know, those, those farmers are probably driving quite a bit farther than you to bring that produce. So go go find them and support your local uh farmers and crafts uh they typically have honey and pickles that pickle guy gets around yes, right? <laughs> He's yes the same guy yes i've seen um, it up at almost every farmer's market and coffees and teas and breads and sometimes they'll have uh local restaurants that do little pop-ups the one in white plains as you mentioned has a um, couple couple local restaurants that you know, set up grills and do burgers right there. Yeah, it's a good place if you want to so grab lunch. You know, nice. Pretty, pretty well rounded. So they're they're not just limited to uh, root vegetables. If if you if you just want to get a nice loaf of bread, that's probably a great place to find it too. Yes, and I'd love to eventually. You know, hopefully we can spotlight some of these vendors uh, that we see at the farmers markets here on the podcast. You know, we'll probably have to see enough of them where we can start differentiating it and like i said we see that see if not the same pickle and something similar so we'll have to go to enough farmers markets to um say well this this one is kind of special you don't find that kind of thing everywhere um i'm not saying that they're all the same but they probably have a lot of similarities um the one at muscoot had a local beer distributor there they had some local beer so that was that was kind of unique but you know we'll have to do a little bit more research But yes, so if you don't want to do a CSA, you can support local farming and businesses by visiting farmer's markets. All right. What else do we have in the local produce front? And the last way that I know of that you can get local produce is by delivery. And the only place I know of is called called Field Goods. Um, I know they are i don't know if they're national but i know that at least in new york state um they have many different um locations um and they use local farms and vendors because you can also get cheese and bread and other things like that added to your orders but the good thing about field goods is that they deliver to offices um they deliver to my office um they deliver to local libraries. Both of the libraries near us have field good deliveries. So if you can't get out to, let's say, the farmer's market because you're busy during the week or on the weekends and you can't commit to a CSA, but you do want local produce versus, you know, shopping at the grocery store, field goods is an option to check into. I'd say they'd, they'd win on convenience. Yes. And if you can get enough people in your office who are interested, you can, you know, set up a delivery site. Um, and yeah, having it delivered right to your office or someplace, you know, like the library where we go weekly um, is a great way. Unfortunately. How does that compare on cost? Any idea? Um, I want to say it 
worked out comparably to what we would have paid for joining a CSA. So possibly the family size, I think, is breaks down to about maybe $30 a week. But I will have a link to Field Goods um, in the show notes. Uh, so don't quote me on that. But um, it was comparable. I feel like they all are, you know. And any of these things, how, how would you rate it on, is it worth it? You know, is it worth it to get local produce as far as uh, variety, flavor? You know, why why not just go to your local supermarket? Well, again, I feel like supporting local is really important. Um, and there's just nothing like farm fresh vegetables, you know, um, produce that, you know, was grown just, you know, a couple miles away and, you know, not traveling on a truck for, you know, days. Yeah, I find, uh, you know, our local supermarkets, and they have to, it's it's probably come from pretty far away, uh, unless it's, you know, designated uh, local, you know, we, we, ha- we see some signs for, you know, local grown, Jersey grown, like string beans, those probably didn't come from very far, and New York apples when it's apple season, and not the dead of winter when we know that they were not grow- <laughs> growing anytime locally right. recently uh tomatoes maybe um peppers possibly but uh they definitely do not have the variety and they have to store them on on cold I, I i see that you know a lot of the produce just gets a little roughed up from the way that they have to do cold storage in the in the markets which is fine they got to do what they got to do to you know not have rotting vegetables on hand um but you know uh just for example you know when i picked up some vegetables in white plains i had access to not just orange carrots uh with with the with the stems on i I think i had access to purple carrots and yellow carrots and all kinds of fun things that was just carrots and if i really wanted to get one of everything just the the sheer variety and they look great yeah Um, they'll snip it snip the tops for you and send you home with a you know bag full of of really excellent looking stuff you brought home those yellow sugar plums right those were good I did, yeah. A little, uh, those came in a little basket, and those those were really good. I don't so, even think I've seen those in the grocery store. So, the thing really an opportunity to try some new stuff. You know, just like we had the CSA, we didn't know what the heck they were giving us. Um, you know, you can go out and find find brand new stuff and put that to good use too. Yes. So we'd love to hear how you get your local produce. What's your favorite way, and what are some of the good things that you're eating this summer from? the farmer's markets or CSAs or field good deliveries, please uh, send us an email at nyfoodiefamilypodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for some more. So in this segment, we're going to be talking about summer reading. Now, I know most of our kids were given summer reading lists and have to do summer reading for school, but I'm not talking about kids summer reading. I'm talking about adult summer reading. So as Dana mentioned in our first intro, meet NY foodie family, he jokingly, you know, said I read like 400 books a year. I wish. Um, My goal for this year is actually 75 books, but I feel like summer is a great time for adults to be reading. Um, Dana, how many books have you read, do you think, this summer? 
over the summer um maybe maybe two or three um it wasn't that long ago that you know there used to be a hot summer book and it just turns out to be usually a james patterson thing and uh you know local bookstores are kind of blanketed with you know the hot summer read i i don't feel like uh, i've seen that but maybe i'm just not in tune with that you know what what are your thoughts on that well i'm gonna have to find a book buddy that can talk books with me on the podcast because you know you maybe read two or three books this summer is that like your total all year like for the year uh no probably probably a few more for the year but no you're not a big reader I'm not targeting 75. How about that? No. Um, but I do love books and talking books. Um, and for my summer, I probably read at least 12 books this summer, if not more. But um, yeah. So I feel like summer reading has changed. There's just so many books out there. Like, it's crazy how many books there are. Um for my own personal preference, I know over the summer, I tend to read lighter, more chiclety romance reads, nothing like heavy or huge, you know, huge books. I like quick, suspenseful page turners um, as well. Um, but one thing that I recommend is if you're trying to read some more, um, is to head to your local library. So I know libraries are trying to get not just kids reading more, but adults as well. And I know our local library has an adult library bingo game that they're doing this summer, which has been really fun. Um, So if you, the board has all different categories in it. And if you read a book in that category and you fill it in um, and you get a bingo, you know, by reading all the books in the categories, either going cross, diagonal, down, etc. cetera, um, you know, you're eligible to win a prize. Um, so in me trying to complete a bingo, instead of reading like my normal books, I am reading um, books outside my reading favorite genres um, to try and complete my bingo board. And currently um, to finish my bingo, um, I'm reading Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. That definitely seems a little outside of your ordinary reading. So it's good that they're encouraging you to get off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have picked up this book on my own. So, yeah, like I said, it's good to helping me expand my reading. Um, and I highly recommend, you know, others check out their library this summer. Um, Jimmy Fallon, who I know you're a fan of, also just recently um, for this would be the second year that he's picked a Summer Reads book club pick. Um, and after the nominees were selected, he had, you know, viewers vote. And this summer's pick is Ask Again Yes by Mary Keene. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually put the book on hold for both of us i got it on cd audio cd for you to listen to on your commute um and i put the regular book on hold for me um in hopes that maybe we can actually read the same book read the same book and compare notes a 
book club book yes, two. Yes, and you know it's Jimmy Fallon, so you know we can see what he has to say as well. That sounds like a fun idea, and uh, I think I'm gonna steal Trevor Noah from you when, when you're done. Is that a it library is. book? They're always library books. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll steal it before it's time to send it back. I I know this is probably your first biography in however long. Have you have you ever read a biography that you weren't forced? Yeah, to? occasionally I'll read them. You know, um, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, uh, Mindy Kaling. I have to really like the, and be interested in the person. I'm not really a biography memoir type person. Oh, I did read Michelle Obama's Educated. Um, Becoming, sorry, not Educated. Educated was another one that was really good. Um, but I read Becoming by Michelle Obama. Um, so, yes, if I like the person and I'm really, like, you know, interested in them, I'll read it. So, I think that... Um... You know, biographies have a lot to say, but you really want to understand somebody that you like, like you said. Yeah, it helps you understand them more and, you know, get to know them a little better. So if you're looking for some other reading inspiration, you know, you can always check out Oprah's book list. Reese Witherspoon, who I also really like, has a Hello Sunshine book club. Jenna Bush Hager has a Read with Jenna book club. So if you're not sure where to get started or what you should read, you know, check out some of those lists because, you know, they tend to pick popular, well-liked books. Um, So at least, you know, hopefully that if you read one of those books, you know, it should be pretty good. And I also highly recommend the website Goodreads. Um, That is where I track all my reading books. I get to rate them. Um, I set my reading goal there, so it keeps track of, you know, how close I am to reaching my goal of 75. Um, and there's also just a huge book community there. So any other book lovers out there, please, you know, anybody want to do a book session with me, you know, get in touch because as much as I love podcasting with Dana, one thing he is not really into as much as I am is books and reading. So. I'd love to know what everybody's reading on their list this summer. Um, and I also do monthly book roundups of what I've read and, you know, rate them and give a short little blurb. So I'll link some of those up too. But yes, definitely want to hear what others are reading out there over this summer. In this segment, we are talking about the New York Renaissance Fair, which is taking place in Tuxedo, New York. Um, And we're talking about it now because it's actually coming up. It begins August 17th and runs through October 6th on the weekends. Um, And we actually visited a couple of years ago. Yeah, I want to say two. And I feel like it's a little little later in the year. I don't feel like, oh yeah, it was super hot. I take that back. It was... Probably I think it was right around part. Labor Day we went, or like right, yeah, right at the, you know, end of summer. I remember us wanting to, but not buying 25 lemonades. Yeah, we definitely bought a couple, though, because it was <laughs> so hot. But they have dedicated fairgrounds, so they don't have to build the, the the villages and the pathways. Everything's just ready to go when it's there every year. And I don't, do you have any idea how long they've been doing that? I don't, um, but I feel like at least since 
high school or college. I feel like my brother was going with his friends um, way back then. So, yeah, the New York Renaissance Fair is basically a recreation of a Renaissance village. Um, and as Dana said, it is right there on the ground set up. It's not like they break it down and, like, move it or whatever. It's there all year. Um, and they open it up during this select time. And, you know, there's entertainment, there's food, there's shops. Um, there are some hardcore Renaissance fans who, you know, get all dressed up and go every year. Um, we went, like Dana said, a couple of years ago. Um, I'd go back again. I thought we, it was a fun time. Yeah, they have scheduled entertainment. So I, I remember fondly some of the entertainers that, um, you know, you follow the path around, you get there at three o'clock and they have a, uh, a juggling act or, or a comedy show um, or sword play, some fun things like that. So they're, it's not just wandering about. No, and they, I do recommend, I believe we had to pay a dollar for that entertainment schedule, but it was well worth it because... Um, we're not so much into the shopping um, and it was so hot that surprisingly we weren't even that much into the food as much as we were, uh, you know, finding cold drinks um, to quench our thirst. But we did, our day revolved around the entertainment schedule, really. Yeah. And there was, there was a, a, a great variety and um, I don't know how they, find i guess they have to interview and hire folks but it seems like they have a regular rotation of really talented uh individuals groups and uh they they set up and they're there summer and fall and it's it's a lot of fun you know you, you can just if you wanted to wander about without a schedule but we recommend you know making the most of it and going to see as much as you can yeah like you can make a whole day of just watching all the different shows um and there's the joust, um, which I think are more of like medieval times type show, but um, they do that. And that's very popular. That was, you know, the biggest crowd um, watching that show, which was fun seeing the, the knights on the horses. Um, but yeah, there were acrobats. There were, we saw some swords. I think there was even a human chess game. Yeah, there was. They uh, set up a, a giant lawn dedicated to to just that. Yeah. Um, I don't remember a lot about the food, sadly. You know, I know they sell those giant turkey legs. Um, I think we had some sort of steak sandwich. Yeah, the the food is is good. Uh, it- to be sort of medieval-esque, uh, renaissance-esque. I, I think the turkey leg best represents uh, that goal, but it's it's all modern food with a little bit of a, you know, uh, nostalgia, I guess, right. to kind of make it, I guess, pickle on a stick is, oh, uh, yeah. you know, on, on yeah, that list. probably sell that too, yeah. So none of them, none of them truly, truly renaissance, uh, truly medieval, but just a little bit of a twist sold by people um, in, in full costume that, you know, make you look the other way, <laughs> you know, that it's, it's not exactly, um, you know, full on renaissance. Right. And I do remember walking through the fairy 
forest and some of the characters like their makeup and their you know fairy wings it's just like amazing it's unbelievable how spend a lot of time yes. you know they, they, the 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 character players uh obviously like we said they hire some so there's some doing um you know food service there's some doing the uh acting some of them are on walk around if they're not doing a specific uh event like the joust you'll see the, musicians right uh, of course yeah. musicians out and about and then people like to get dressed up themselves you know if they're going to do do a day out um you don't get dressed up in your own uh armor if if you like uh if you don't have your own they'll certainly sell you some there's armor shops and uh uh, you know other costume uh, areas which they will certainly sell you as much as you need to um feel comfortable in a costume if you like tons of shops tons of shops and vendors. Um, they also had demonstrations. We watched glass blowing for a little bit. I know they have um, bird demonstrations. Um, so there's definitely a lot to do. Um, and that starts up soon. So if you want to plan, if you've never been, we recommend at least going once and trying, um, checking it out. Um, and just some details here. Um, Regular box office price this year, adult tickets are $29.95. Children 12 and under are $13. But we recommend um, buying your tickets online. They do sell them discounted there. Um, And each weekend they have different deals going on. So uh, make sure to check out the site to see and take advantage of those deals. I know we paid $10 to park right across from the fairgrounds. Free parking is available. It was just much further away. And the kids were a little younger. And when we go to things like this, where we're going to be walking a lot throughout the day, um, to us, you know, it was worth it to just spend the $10 there to be close to get in to where we needed to be. Yeah, you don't want to be exhausted when you get to the front gate. Yes, which is, you know, we recommend getting there um, when they open. I know we got there a little bit before the opening and we're there for them to um, when they open the gates. Um, and it just tends to be less crowded. Right. And the bon- the bonus is that when you get there, uh, you know, the they introduce the uh, the king and queen, if I recall, and the and the sheriff. And they, uh, you know, it, it's an interactive experience. So if you're the type of person who, who might not like an interactive experience, not, not to scare you or chase you off, but, um, you know, there's characters out and about in every facet of this uh, facility. So, um, you know, they talk to you. So if you don't like being talked to, <laughs> you might, um, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Don't, don't let that scare you off. Yes. So check it out. You can read more about our experience. Um there i have a blog post about that which i will link in the show notes um but yes as we said if you've never been before we highly recommend checking it out at least once um and if you're looking for something fun to do you know from august 17th through the beginning of october you know on the weekend this is something that you can do again something fun for the family try it once so Stay tuned for quick hits and we'll be wrapping this episode up soon.
Okay, so we're wrapping up this episode with our quick hit segment. Uh, first quick hit is this Saturday, August 10th, is National Bowling Day. So if you're looking for something fun to do with the family, um, why not hit your local bowling alley? And if you're local to the Hudson Valley, I know that Spins Bowling up in Poughkeepsie is offering $2 games all day. Um, I'm not sure if other local bowling alleys are doing anything as well. So something worth checking out. In last week's episode, we talked about all things ice cream. And I just learned that August 3rd, last Saturday, was National Mustard Day. And in honor of the day, Cool House Ice Cream, um, which we are familiar with, uh, partnered with French's Mustard to create a French's Mustard Ice Cream. What do you think about that, Dean? I will try it because it's ice cream. Um, you, you already know that French's isn't my favorite type of mustard. It's yellow, but uh, I'm, I'm more of a stone ground, a uh, little bit of a chew on my mustard kind of mustard. But I, uh, I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'll give it a go. Well, luckily you missed it because I think this is just a promotional uh, kind of campaign between Cool House and French's. Um, but there was a truck down in New York City over the weekend serving the mustard. But um, I think we missed out on that one, which is okay with me because I don't even like mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. So, but us, Oscar Meyer has now upped the game and is now um, news is out that they've created an ice dog sandwich, which is hot dog infused sweet cream with real candied hot dog pieces in a Dijon gelato sandwich between two cookie quote buns. What do you think about that one? Okay, if I can buy it at the uh, at, at the at the wiener truck, I'll 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 definitely eat the whole thing. If not, you know, that's maybe something to share with your friends. Uh, I'll take a bite. Yeah. As with all food things, I will usually try anything at least once. Um, not sure. Doesn't really sound very appetizing, but, you know, sometimes you got to give things a try. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to follow up with this because I'm not sure, again, if this is a just a promotional gimmick type item or if it's actually going to be sold in stores. Um, so we will have to get more information on that. Now we got to track it down. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to see where we can find that. So, what do you have? So we uh, had the opportunity to go see a really excellent band at West Point. Uh, we did see the band. Unfortunately, we got a lot of the concert cut out due to rain. So is- uh, the Benny Havens band is a rock combo. You know. Uh, electric guitar bass drums uh some really great uh vocalists uh you know trumpet and and saxophone in there too and they were playing some some really great rock and pop and uh, funk hits and then we got rained on it really came down pretty hard we were running for cover uh they did restart it again but they really had to cut it short so they could pack things up before the uh, the big rains came which was even worse and i think they made a good choice well, the the drive home was not uh, was not a great one. No, but it was a great concert, and you know me, I love a random mix of music, so it was fun listening to them do all the covers. 
So the good news is uh, there are more West Point uh, bands at Trophy Point uh, concerts. So the next upcoming one is their full concert band, a little bit more of the traditional band in, in a sense, uh, called Don't Rain on My Parade. It's August 10th at 7.30, Trophy Point. And then uh, August the 17th, Dancing on the Stars, back with the Benny Havens Band. And then uh, Labor Day Celebration, September 1, starts at 7.30, but it looks like you get everybody. You get the concert band, you get Benny Havens Band, and the uh, the Hellcats, too. I'm not familiar with them, but that seems like a full, uh, full evening of fun. Yeah, that sounds like a great concert. Um, and the great thing about these concerts is they are free right on the West Point property. Um, and, you know, make a day of it bring your dinner, bring a picnic, and enjoy it while you listen to some music. It's a great place for a picnic. they got the big open field. You can set up your table and bring your bottle of wine and, you know, stemware if you like. People people got pretty serious on their picnicking. Yes, way more serious than we did with our, you know, sandwiches and, you know, sodas. We tried. <laughs> and... Do bring a lawn chair, a camp chair, whatever, um, or a blanket, because there is no seating, just an FYI. That is true. So the next quick hit is movies. So in trying to connect with my teenage daughter, I found that we seem to, you know, enjoy watching movies together. So a couple weeks ago, she had me watch uh, the movie Five Feet Apart, which is a recent uh, movie to DVD release. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And I've been trying to introduce her to some of the older movies that still are relevant today. So um, our, the first one we ended up watching last week was Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan, Tina Fey, Rachel McAdams. I think everybody's familiar with Mean Girls. But it was her first time watching it. Um, you even came in and saw part of it. And that was your first time watching it as well. Correct? Uh, that's right. Uh, 15 years later. I, I don't know how I missed it. But um, it still hold up pretty well. It's uh, still re- relevant, as as, uh, as you said. So, yeah, I have a you know list of movies that hopefully, you know, there's still a couple weeks left of summer. And, you know, want to spend some time together. You know, that's something that I'm hoping to do more of with her. So, you know, just another idea for some family fun. If you have teenage girls, you know, introducing them to some of the older movies is something you might want to try. And finally, we're going to talk about our restaurant slash business spotlight. Um, and this week, we're going to be talking about peaceful, peaceful provisions. Do you want to give them? A little description, Dane. I'll give a little description. You were the one that had the uh, the honor of doing the uh, the pickup. I had the honor of doing uh, my share of the eating. Yes. Which is which is good. So, they how, how many how many total donuts do they offer at, at any one time? Do they have a you know a number of varieties? I'm not sure if it's a set amount. I know that they don't have like a regular menu. So just so you're aware. Their menu does change, like the flavors do change weekly. Um, so if you want an up-to-date, like, oh, what are they going to have this week? You should check out their Facebook or Instagram pages for the updates. 
But um, just so you know, Peaceful Provisions is located in the first floor of the Peekskill, Peekskill Brewery, right near the waterfront. It's a family and woman-owned business, um, and they make craft vegan donuts. So all the donuts are made from scratch in small batches. I do have pictures on and- my Instagram account at NY Foodie Family because we recently just tried these. So the flavors we had were the lemon poppy seed, the classic strawberry, the New York cream, which is their filled version of a Boston cream donut, and then the half-baked funfetti cookie donut, which was filled with cookie dough. So what did you think of those? Uh, my favorite was probably your least favorite. That was the, uh, the lemon. The, the lemon was uh, kapow right in your face. I, I like a good tart uh, fruit over you know creamy chocolatey in 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 this instance it was it was my favorite what was what was your fave um i think the kids and i all agreed that we really enjoyed the half baked funfetti cookie donut i just you know who doesn't love cookie dough and you know and the donut and it's the mashup between the two was really good i gotta say though uh they were pretty big they Um, were they definitely were large and definitely share worthy. Um, and it's hard to believe like we're not vegan. So that wasn't a selling point. They were just really, really good donuts. It took me most of an afternoon to nibble my way through a total of one donut. So it was a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter on, on, on all four. We all shared. Um, but I, it, it took me quite a while to you know say, all right, it's time for just another quarter of a donut. It did not go that quick. Uh, they were they were very dense, which which was good. Um, very soft. Soft. You can tell they are homemade and like freshly baked. You can definitely tell that. You can definitely tell. Um, what do you know about the uh, the pricing, Nance? Um, so the donuts cost between four dollars and six dollars. So four dollars for the classic, and then six dollars for the filled, um, which is reasonable for what you're getting you know they are vegan they are small batch made from scratch um they use organic ingredients whenever they can um it was just surprising because i did not know that so it's good for the audience to realize that when they're going in because when i did go into the shop i did not see prices posted um and just you know we told you what flavors we had bought that day but uh, they do rotate different flavors and recently they had key lime meringue pie vanilla creme brulee peanut butter pistachio so the flavors are always changing so definitely worth checking out and they also sell baked goods besides donuts so they'll sometimes have cookies or scones or fruit hand pies so i need to go back i think i'd like the uh the the key lime that sounds pretty good and and the fact that they're vegan 100 percent, you weren't missing out on anything so if there was a you know a replacement ingredient that would have made it vegan versus you know vegetarian i i didn't notice yeah really really good. really good so that's definitely worth checking out peaceful provisions and they are in peak skill so I think that's a wrap for this week's episode. Yeah, we had uh, we had a lot to go over this week. We look forward to sharing uh, episode four next week. Uh, but if anything 
comes on your mind and you want to share it, Nance, where do, where do they send their comments, thoughts, and suggestions? You can email us at nyfoodiefamilypodcast at gmail.com. And we'll catch up with you guys next week. Bye-bye.